0: If someone says, oh, I've completely accepted, but they haven't forgiven, then it's skin deep because Mm -hmm, as mm -hmm. soon as something happens, your resentment, your bitterness, your trigger comes out. And so you didn't really accept it. Will you outlast your money? Do you stay awake at night worrying about providing for your family? Are you making the right decisions about your investments? There are many life-changing decisions that arise and questions you want answered when going through divorce or after you've received your settlement. This is the Financially Ever After podcast, where you'll hear stories of women like you and get advice from the industry's top professionals. Here's your award-winning and nationally recognized host, Stacey Francis.
1: Welcome to Financially Ever After. I am your host, Stacey Francis, coming to you every other week with the information you need to know to make good decisions, not only during your divorce, but after. We often talk about financial, but just as important is the emotional journey of divorce and after. And that's why today we are interviewing our certified relationship and divorce coach, guest. Karen McMahon. She is the founder of Journey Beyond Divorce, and she leads a team of divorce coaches supporting women and men around the world to become calm, clear, and confident as they navigate divorce. And today we're going to be talking about divorce ease through radical acceptance. Yes, that is a mouthful. And very rarely would you ever see the words divorce and ease in the same sentence, let alone divorce and radical acceptance. But you are going to see that today. And thank goodness we have Karen because not only does she draw from her own personal experience of going through a very high conflict divorce that lasted more than three years, but also she takes from the decade of experience she has leading her clients down that transformational journey to a credible new life through the divorce process and beyond. She spent this last decade working with thousands of men and women going through some very difficult situations as the end of their relationships and breakups have occurred. And she brings with this just so much insight. I know that you are going to get so much from this podcast. And I encourage you to stay to the end because the tools and the muscles we need to build for acceptance and moving on through that with a divorce or a breakup are the same that we need for everyday life and the many things in our lives that go pear shape. The things we can't control and the things that we wish would be different and whether that's as I talk about getting having someone step in line in front of you and cut in line in Starbucks to bigger things like you know having issues with floods and losing personal possessions or even God forbid a, a loss of a of person you love, make sure you stay to the end because this is a journey. It's a journey not only through your divorce but it's a journey for the rest of your life. And the skills and the tools that Karen shares with us today are pieces that are going to be there to support you for the rest of your life. So thank you for joining today. And without further ado, I'd love to introduce our special guest, Karen McMahon. So Karen, it's so nice to have you on the podcast today, Financially Ever After. And I'd love to just hear a little bit more about how you came to this profession. I know you know i just explained to everyone your background and your wonderful designations and education and experience but you typically don't go into the divorce area unless you have a personal story it's often not what we think about we want to do when we're a little girl so what about you what is your story and how did you come to this work
0: great question thank you so much for inviting me on and Yeah, I don't think any little kid goes, I want to like dabble in divorce when I'm older. I got married late and I thought I nailed it. And a good seven, eight years into my marriage, it really began to fall apart. And I ended up having one of those high conflict marriages, high conflict divorces. And in a nutshell, my story is my children were barely in grade school when I sat them down to tell them that I was going to leave dad. And... What ensued was a a three-and-a-half-year high-conflict divorce. I believe CPS was brought in three different times. The children were in a banana splits program, plus in one-on-one therapy. I was in therapy. Dad was really angry and disordered. In the court system, we had a very bad judge, and the police were involved. So it was like it was this perfect storm of high-conflict just so Mm -hmm. much pain and suffering and struggle. And the way I got into the business is I went to a 12 step program and the invitation to keep the focus on myself was first heard there. And so rather than constantly focusing on all of the shortcomings of my soon to be ex, I began to look at my part in connecting with him and then my part in the conflict that ensued. And so when I emerged from my divorce, I felt surprisingly healed and refined. And Mm -hmm. that was such a surprise to me. I was so happy with the person that I had become that going into the business of supporting others just made so much sense.
1: That makes sense, Karen, because you live that. And I know today we're talking about divorce ease through radical acceptance, which are five words that you typically would never see strung together. Divorce and ease, right? (laughs) Who are you talking to? And, you know, not my divorce, or, you know, are you kidding me? And radical acceptance. So one of the things that you talked about was the pain that you had. What, in your opinion, and what you've seen working with, and I know you've worked with hundreds of individuals going through the separation and divorce, what causes the most pain? And what causes the most conflict? And you can share from your experience or, or what you've seen from others.
0: Yeah, and I'll share from both. And so, you know, one would think it, on the surface, you could say heartbreak, anger, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. hurt fear, the fear of the uncertainty. And and all of that does cause pain. But the suffering, the suffering is actually caused by us. And the reason I say that and the heart of the conversation we're having today is I think all of us go into divorce in full resistance. It took me years to make a decision to go in that direction. Mm-hmm. So there's the resistance to the transition. There's the resistance to how our spouse shows up and how we just want him or her to show up differently over and over and over again. I can't tell you how many clients would say, I can't believe my soon-to-be ex blank. How many years are you married? 20, 30. Has he or she ever done that before? A hundred times, a thousand times. And so when we start looking at what we resist. That's where the greatest suffering comes. My circumstances were incredibly difficult. The suffering came from resisting every step of the way what was, which just kept me in it longer and with more pain.
1: You know, something that you talk about that I think is really interesting, it's the suffering and the pain of being continually disappointed by what you want your soon-to-be ex to do and how you want them to show up I think you ask a really good question of you know how did they show up in your marriage were they able to show up the way you wanted them to and for a lot of people maybe at the beginning of their marriage maybe not but towards the end of their marriage when you start to realize that this is not the partnership I want for the rest of my life is is often when you are seeing them continually not show up. And so during the divorce, continually they don't show up. But I can understand and feeling that frustration of being disappointed, even though we kind of know that's how they're going to show up. And, and I think that hope, right?
0: Absolutely. And the point that you just made so, all of us, you know, in our honeymoon stage, well, first of all, we're showing up as our best selves. The chemistry is going, the sex is going, you know, it's like it's all new. And a lot of clients, when I start talking to them, they talk about how he or she was in those days, but they're 20 or 30 years past that. That's resistance, too. It's like, I just want her to be the person she was when I married her. I just want him. So all of that is resisting what is, and it actually goes beyond your spouse. It goes into the process of divorce. I want the courts to work better. I want them to, I want them to have the emotional intelligence to see the disordered person. I want, them, I want them to bring justice. That's a huge one. People resist the fact that divorce court or any form of divorce is not about justice. It's not about right or wrong, good or bad. And so when you're in resistance, when you believe that the world in any way that you see it should be operating and unfolding according to your individual beliefs, it actually sounds a little silly, doesn't it? It's like people should behave according to what I think. And things should (laughs) unfold according to what I think. And, And that's really at the heart of resistance. I mean, we're not really conscious of that, but when you step back and look at it, we're not that powerful. And so no matter how much we resist it, whatever it is, it still is. You're just exhausted and you're suffering because you're in resistance. If I could share with you, my mom is experiencing memory loss and I had sat down with the social worker at her doctor's office. And she said something so brilliant that I use with all my clients now. She said, you could be frustrated, disappointed, and heartbroken every day when your mother shows up with less memory. But if you Mm -hmm. start every day expecting and accepting her at her worst, then you're only gonna celebrate the good. And that's such a key point is if we could expect and accept just what we know to be true, that would reduce the suffering tremendously.
1: You make such a good point. And what's really powerful is that this is something that we can do, right? We don't have to look outwards. It's something that we internally can do. How did you come to that in your situation? Because you you spoke about that very difficult shift of instead of looking outwards at your ex, looking inwards of of your role in this, that's not an easy thing to do when you're potentially extremely angry with that person, heartbreak, heartbroken, whether you initiated the divorce or not. These are our feelings that, you know, so many of us feel. How did you shift that?
0: The first thing I'll say is focusing on your soon-to-be ex is the second greatest cause of suffering. Part of that is because divorce in general, there's so much we can't control, right? We can't control how our attorney behaves, how the court behaves. We can't control how our ex behaves. And so there's a huge sense of powerlessness as your entire life is shifting and changing. The reason it's so amazing to focus on yourself is you have total dominion over what you do, how you behave. And when you keep the focus there, you feel empowered. You start to feel like, okay, there is something I control, can control. And then what happens is the ripple effects of you keeping the focus on you is other things shift. So for me, I truly believe it was, I ended up going into an Al-Anon program, an adult, I'm, I'm an adult child of an alcoholic, and there was some substance abuse issues in my marriage. And so that program had all these great little sayings, which I use all the time with my clients, and it like, keep your side of the street clean and don't cross onto their side of the street and focus on what you have control over, which is you. and they are loud and sticky and sloppy, and it's just so easy to wax on about your soon-to-be ex's shortcomings. And I'm not suggesting they don't exist. There's just nothing you could do about them. And what we find is people actually are still trying to change their ex through the divorce and post-divorce. And it's like, well, if you could do that, you would not be here. <laughs> that that ship has sailed. Yeah. Yeah. But what you can change is how you engage with that person, how you react to that person. You can heal your triggers and your wounds. You can you can use the pain of divorce to fuel a transformative change in yourself that allows you to love yourself, be an incredible role model for your children, and if you're interested, attract healthy love post-divorce.
1: One of the things that you talk about is radical acceptance. And we've talked a little bit about it, but tell me really what does radical acceptance mean? Because that's big. Like I I can understand like coming to terms, right? Coming to terms. I can understand realizing that what you had hoped your ex to show up as isn't necessarily what is going to happen. But radical acceptance to me feels a lot bigger, yeah. <laughs> it feels like no problem, this is great, and I can't imagine that's what radical acceptance is. C- can you tell like what is it, what isn't it, and how do we get there? And I think you you've touched a little bit on that, but I'm sure there's more
0: and even divorce is such a loss, and so grieving is such an important part of it, and acceptance is that that tail end where you've really gotten there. So when we look at radical acceptance ex- I like to term acceptance as a journey, right? It's not a one and done. It's not flip the light on and you're good. It's going deeper and deeper and deeper. And so radical acceptance is hand in hand with the F word, forgiveness, which is really hard. I was
1: at a loss there because (laughs) I've heard the F word every once in a while from my 16 year old and... (laughs) He's gotten a lot of trouble. So yeah.
0: If someone says, oh, I've completely accepted, but they haven't forgiven, then it's skin deep because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as soon as something happens, your resentment, your bitterness, your trigger comes out. And so you didn't really accept it. So radical acceptance is each step of the way. So the first thing is accepting that my marriage is over. So that Mm -hmm. there's a depth of that though, because you can say it, but then when you start looking at all of the moving pieces, you resist it and you have to go deeper. And so radical acceptance is this this constant journey to go deep emotionally, to heal everything so that you're truly at peace. That's how you Mm -hmm. know when you've hit radical acceptance, when you're at peace, you're at peace with the unfolding of your divorce. You're at peace with the way your ex shows up. You're at peace with the strategies and plan B's that you've put into place, the boundaries that you've put into place because these things aren't changing. So I need to create a safety for myself so that I can be in peace and joy. So- When you've hit radical acceptance, and so I have a spouse with a a ex with a personality disorder, a tremendous amount of turmoil post-divorce. I'm 15 years post-divorce, and so my desire was to live in peace and joy, regardless of the impact of that person in my life and my children's life. And that requires, first and foremost, to see that person as the wounded human being that they are. And and I don't say that in a diminishing way at all, right? We all are wounded children at our core. And then to truly forgive how they behave. Now, I'm not talking about accepting unacceptable behavior. So that's what you're dealing with. If you're dealing with that, you need boundaries and you need support. I'm talking about What happens even with people in a physically abusive relationship is they excuse it. Oh, I just did this thing. I made him mad. He didn't really mean to. That's not acceptance. Acceptance is I have a spouse who says that he or she loves me, but does these other things. And when I accept it, I also have a plethora of choices that open up. When I'm in resistance, those choices are not visible to me because I'm not accepting my circumstances.
1: I'm a person where I often will read a book several times and it's not because I'm not paying attention. It's because the message has to come through to me several times in different ways. And for this, I feel like for a lot of people, that's true for them as well. And so this is obviously one of those tools in this podcast. And for all of you out there listening today, listening to it again, listening to it again. You know, I'm reading a book right now and it's the fourth time I've read it. And it's, of course, a self-help book. And it's not that I didn't listen the other three times. It's that I needed to be reminded by its message to bring it back in. And so, you know, this is one tool, but Karen, do you have any other tools that you can recommend and also, you know, share about your podcast? Because I know that you have so many great pieces of information through Journey for Divorce. Can you talk about that? And then maybe other websites or books, because again, this is a big thing. It's it's not a simple thing. It's part of that journey that you've talked about.
0: Yeah, I love what you're saying. And with podcasts, with books that, especially those that are dense and have a lot in them, I find that they meet me where I am. So I have a book that I've, every time I go on a road trip, it's it's one of the books I listen to. And it talks about the monkey mind, which will take all of us a lifetime to quiet and navigate. And so with acceptance, when you read a blog, when you read a book, when you listen to a podcast, you could take in that information four times over the course of a year or six months or whatever. And each time you're going to hear something differently. And it's definitely going to meet you where you are, because you're going to get to a new level of acceptance. And the radical mm-hmm. acceptance is just getting to the finish line. And so I completely agree with you. We have a number of articles on our website, journeybeyonddivorce.com if you just type in acceptance in the search bar you'll probably get a half a dozen because resistance and acceptance is such a cornerstone to suffering that we really work with people to remove themselves from and we also have a 12 step divorce recovery program right now we're actually in a launch with that and step 9 is about radical acceptance and so there's a lot of tips and tools about how to begin to Live into and not only touch, but live into acceptance. But just something right now for you to think about. So much of what we feel begins with our thoughts. And when we're going through divorce, we have so many stories. Like our ego mind will fill in all the blanks of why with a story. And then we believe that that perspective, our story is truth. And Mm -hmm. so when it comes to resistance, the same thing happens. And so whatever you're resisting, I can't believe he showed up late again to pick up the kids. You step back and you say, well, wait a second. Is that true that I can't believe it? Actually, I know it's happened so many times before I can believe it. I'm just annoyed by it. Okay. What's the likelihood it's going to happen again? A whole lot of likelihood. Okay, that's good. So now I know that I knew this. I know it's going to happen again. Oh, and that's the beginning of acceptance. What can I do about it? Now I've got choice. Well, and so just with this example, he always blows up my, you know, my plans. Okay, so it's going to happen. What do you want to do about it? Do you want to give yourself a buffer? Do you want to have a mother's helper or a babysitter step in so that you can go to your yoga class or out with your friends or whatever you're doing? Like all of a sudden you have choice and the ability to shift into acceptance now in this example when you shift into acceptance life is easier you're less aggravated
1: and he or she just keeps behaving the same way and you know what it's no big deal anymore you know it's so interesting because it's exactly what you had said about your mother when you go to see her kind of expecting the worst of what this could be so that many times you're happily surprised and for that situation that you just spoke about, going just expecting he's going to be late. He's going to be late. So either I go and I've changed my plans to be later so that there's not that, or I go and my God, he's on time. And wow, he's late. Yeah. Wow. And what a reversal of surprise and surprise of of him being on time versus just expecting that or having that not happen and then going to that other place of being frustrated, being hurt, being disappointed, just going in expecting he's going to be late.
0: And the ripple effect of frustration, hurt, disappointment, certainly when there are children around is, you know, we're all walking bowls of energy. They feel it. They're impacted by it. They're stressed by it. They're either going to try and take care of you or take care of him. Uh And so when I talk about radical acceptance and divorce ease, and I'm not suggesting divorce is easy, it's not, but it can have, you can be in more ease going through it when you're focusing on yourself and when you're staying in acceptance and what you're doing is not just good for you and therefore the communication you have with your soon-to-be ex, the communication you have with your attorney, you're going to be teaching your children and comforting your children at the same time because your tension is low. So it's like it has so many beautiful parts to it. And then let's look at resistance. What's the value of resistance? Yeah. There is none.
1: There's none. You know, it's interesting too, Karen, because I mean, this advice, It's not just about divorce. And I'm thinking about my own life. So something, and I'm going to get a little teary because I feel bad about it. But about four days ago, I was sitting and just had my head in my my hands and was kind of, my energy was not good. And, you know, the, the background story is that there was a faulty pipe and it burst and we lost all of our furniture. Our apartment will be out for about six months to nine months. Our entire apartment has to be gutted and rebuilt. And I was sitting there. My daughter came over, sat down, put her arm around me. She's 12. And Samantha gave me a hug and said, Mom, are you okay? Can I do anything to help? Okay, so this girl lost most of her possessions. The only piece of furniture we could save in the house was her bed and my son's bed because they were metal. And here she is coming to her mom and it kids, they know that energy, you know? And so this is so important, of course, through our, our, you know, God forbid a, a divorce, but we have so many other things in our life that don't go the way that we in our mind expect them to go and want them to go. And so I feel like, you know, this radical acceptance and the journey of that is everything from a divorce to, you know, in my situation, a flood and a move to standing in the Starbucks line and someone cutting in front of you. I mean, and how we constantly need to practice those skills and build that muscle to be Absolutely. able to do that.
0: And I mean, it even the really hard things, I have a, I have a child who emerged from Our divorce with some mental health issues. Part of them was socialized socialization, part were DNA and genes. And I have navigated some brutally difficult times and including suicide ideations. And so I walk the walk. The only way that I can be a stand for this girl that I love with every ounce of my being is to stay in acceptance, to check myself, and to have that higher emotional energy to help pull her up at all times. And so for those of you, and I get it, heartbreaking situations, worried about your kids, worried about your finances, the more you worry and resist and struggle, you're actually going in the opposite direction that you want to go in. When you sit yourself down and come to terms and I'm look, we're all human, you put your head, head in your hand, and, and you had that moment of grief and upset and worry. Nobody's suggesting we shouldn't be human. It's when you begin to live in it, when you begin to yeah. hold on to it. So you feel your feelings, you notice your reaction, and then you take a look at what is. And how is my resisting, resistance impacting it? And what would happen if I just accepted the fact that, and let's go beyond divorce, the fact that during the last two years, who was furloughed and who got sick and who lost loved ones and, and who was working and teaching and learning under one roof and, and with financial issues and health issues. I mean, it has been an incredibly difficult couple of years. I'm knocking on 60 this month. And let me tell you, I've experienced more loss in the last year and a half than my entire life put together. And so through that, the practice of radical acceptance, the practice of, I don't understand why it's happening, but it's happening.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: if I can accept it, I'll have more choices and perspective of where I can go with it.
1: And what a gift to yourself and a gift to the people you love. and you know i think the other thing that that i think is so important that i want to make sure we end on is that none of us are perfect there'll be some days that you're able to do that or or maybe not even days moments moments within that day that you're able to to have that beautiful acceptance and then the next moment maybe even you know 2 minutes later in a different place and just realizing that It's a muscle that we build. It's a skill that we build. And it's something that we're always working on. And, you know, I don't think there's anyone out there who has truly mastered it in all parts of their life at all times. It's a journey.
0: And in 12-step programs, they say one day at a time. And if you can't do one day at a time, you do one hour at a time. And if you can't do one hour at a time, you do one minute at a time. And you just make it so bite-sized and the last thing I, I do want to say is whatever you're struggling with and whatever you're attempting to do, make sure that you're doing it with deep self-compassion and gentle kindness toward yourself. Because if on top of all of that, you add self-condemnation and beating yourself up, you're going to stay very stuck and it's not going to serve you. And so be kind and gentle to yourself. Know that this too shall pass and that a moment at a time, an hour at a time. And when you keep the focus on you, you have dominion. And that's where all the jewels are.
1: I needed this podcast. Karen, thank you. Can you share a little bit more about Journey Beyond Divorce and podcast, the website and all your amazing resources, your coaching programs? You just have so much, so much support out there.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. So, we're Journey Beyond Divorce on all platforms. We do have a six-year running podcast, and I tend to do series. and There's a series on the practical journey of divorce, and a series on the emotional. and We, Stacy and I, did a high net worth playbook series together, and and we're currently in the midst of a life after divorce series that Stacy, you also a very important part of. So. Listen in to Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. We're currently launching our 12-step divorce recovery program. So you can go to our website, Journey Beyond Divorce, and find out more about that. And I have a team of five coaches. And so our desire is to support you. The first call is a one-hour free coaching session. We call it a rapid relief call. You can click on the website and schedule whenever works for you. And you'll be amazed at the shifts that can happen in just one hour. So yeah, check us out. And thank you again, Stacey, for inviting me on and inviting me to share that with your listeners.
1: Well, thank you. And what is the best website for them to visit? Journey. www.journeybeyonddivorce.com?
0: Yep, that's it. journeybeyonddivorce.com.
1: Wonderful. And for everyone listening, we will make sure that in the show notes that we add, all of Karen's contact information and and also a link to uh, both the podcast as well as her, her website. So you can learn a little bit more about the individual coaching program, the group coaching programs, as well as there's, you know, as Karen mentioned, hundreds of fantastic articles there yeah. to be able to support you. And I just want to say thank you for being here, for sharing your knowledge, for taking the time. We really, truly are blessed to have you here on Financially Ever After. Thank you, Karen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us on Financially Ever After today. I took so much away from our wonderful conversation with our special guest, Karen McMahon. And I know you did too. For me, I'm going to be listening to this podcast again. And I think that we all have to realize that Radical acceptance is not easy, that we will stumble, and that that's okay, and that it's a journey for all of us. And I will tell you, I am right there in it with you. And part of that journey is making good financial decisions. Obviously, that's what I think about primarily throughout my entire day, because while well, money isn't the most important thing in life. It is definitely not. It really is key to give you options, to give you opportunities, to give you freedom, to give you financial security. And every single person deserves that. So if you have any questions about your financial settlement, about your path, and whether or not it's a path leading to continued financial security, please reach out. The best part of my work is talking to individuals like you. And I'd love to just be a sounding board, be a second opinion. And I promise we'll be honest and we'll tell you what looks like you're doing really well and maybe what tweaks or changes or improvements, things you can do to make your situation even better. That's what we're here for. We also have a great website, www.francisfinancial.com. Wonderful articles on there, everything you can imagine about your finances and more. So please do reach out, visit our website again, www.francisfinancial.com or reach out to me, Stacy S-T-A-C-Y at francisfinancial.com. And thank you again for coming to Financially Ever After. We'll be seeing you in two weeks and I'm sending a huge hug the biggest hug that the Airways can deliver. So thank you so much. And I will be talking to you soon.